Thank you, Jesus. So grateful so many of you guys are here to be with us this morning. I know when the white stuff comes down from the sky, it deters a lot of folks, but here you all are, and we're so glad you're here. Moments like this are powerful because you're here. We have a negative self-image so many times, as we heard a brother Ish share, that we think we're just short of God's love, and yet we're the very target of his love. And um, it's not in spite of us sometimes, it's because of us. It's that he loves us that much, that his presence is here with us when we praise him and worship him and just focus our, our hearts and minds on him and just soak in his presence. His presence was so rich this morning. Uh, it always is. It always seems to amaze me. It's one of those realities that you think it feels like the first time sometimes every single time you're in that place with him because his, his mercies are new every day. There's nothing stale or stagnant about our God. He's layers and layers of depth of love and affection and grace that he has for our life. And uh, it's just awesome when we get to celebrate that and share it together. And uh, I don't know who's been dealing with just sick sickness and germs and all this stuff that's flying around. This week was, I guess, part of the major part of the Ortman families. Uh, this was our week to get that off of our, our Christmas list, get that done with before Christmas <laughs> and uh, get, get the immune system all on top of of the latest and greatest, whatever bugs are flying around. I know that's been true for so many folks, but um, I'm just amazed that this, this many folks are here, and I'm so glad you're here. You helped make this morning what it's been already, and uh, I almost feel kind of badly. I spoken with our dear brother Jared and Charlene this past week, earlier in the week, about Sharon. Today, he had an opportunity, wanted to present about a ministry trip to Europe, and I'll let him share that with us. And I just felt like, man, I want to give him more than just a few minutes to ask for our support and our awareness for what's happening over there, uh, primarily with Ukrainian refugees and the demand that that's uh, placed on on that na any neighboring country of theirs. And um, didn't realize it was going to be snowing in such a thin crowd, but I know that whoever's here, you will be blessed today. He's going to share a message with us as well as just that opportunity. And uh, it's always it's always rich in love and in depth and wisdom. And so I don't want to take too much time from that, but I'm just glad you're here. I'm glad you're well. And we just, we've prayed already. We've celebrated already. We know that the Lord has got his hand healing uh, us the rest of the way. Our families, our extended families, whoever it is that we know needs his touch. The best thing we can do for those situations and circumstances is to put our own hearts before the throne of grace and to just take our stand there and just know that he is able, fully capable of doing whatever is needed in every situation. And that's just the essence of, of what we have to do in times where it just seems like there's so many folks dealing with different things outside of any one of our individual abilities to really help in a meaningful way. Sometimes we've just got to go straight to that throne called grace and say, Father, we're just trusting you. We're trusting you with things that are outside of our ability to, to, to bring change to, and we're going to trust you to do it. We're going to keep our hearts before you. And um, it's, it's not always easy. We like things quickly and Sometimes the Lord's work in a process beyond just quick and easy. And uh, that's just the nature of what he, as a loving dad, has for us. He wants us to learn and to grow, not just always have instant things. And so this morning, I just wonder if we could welcome uh, Jared as he comes to bring this word. We've, we trust him. He's, him and Charlene, they've founded Rise Nations. They go out and they minister wherever the Lord opens doors. They're they're very unique in the sense that they're just kind of, I guess we could say, transient. 
wherever they need to be is kind of where they find themselves. And that's part of what we love. The Lord sometimes just has to get us in motion and then he can steer us where he needs us to go. That's something that they don't just talk about. They live that life. And I know many folks here, you support them and that's awesome. And there'll be opportunity for you to continue to support them. And maybe we can expand and get some other folks interested in just being a part of the life that they live. They live it for the glory of the king. And I know that it's just so powerful to have them with us today. We're blessed you guys are back from traveling wherever else you've been and that you're back here with us. And so come on up, brother. Let's welcome him as he comes. I'm going to, oh, there I am. Hello. You want to come on up? I'm going to invite my wife up because she does a lot better with the, what do you call it, statistical stuff. She's going to keep me straight, basically. She'll tell you what's going on, and then uh, I'm going to expound on that. I'm going to move this down just because I like being in your face. (laughs) Well, Josh is coughing. I'm coming up. No, I'm joking. I'm going to let her explain some of what we're doing. We're glad to be here this morning with you. Josh and Elaine in the house and the pastors here and the teams here. We just, this is home for us. So we're glad to be with you this morning and thanks for having us on short notice at that. So after you. I just wanted to um, tell you a little bit about what Jared is going to be talking about. Not, I have no idea what he's preaching, but. I do know what he's excited about sharing with you guys. And so a little history behind that is we were in Europe when the war broke out in uh, Ukraine and and Russia. Thank you. And um, we got to be right there with the people helping immediately. So two weeks into the war, we were in Poland helping with a church that was taking everyone they could. We were there, um, all the countries surrounding their don't really have the infrastructure to take in anyone else. And so Poland really got hit with a lot of people, which is amazing and brilliant. But, you know, when the city grows that fast, housing is limited already. And so um, they're looking for, I think one of the stories that is really sticking in my mind is um, um, a mother and a child, they were there about, they were able to get out of Ukraine after being a week in an underground bunker and train station, train I believe station. it was, yeah. and they were finally able to get out, make that long journey to the border, and then at the border only be told that there was no room, and so they just hopped on a train, hoping to connect with anyone on the train, and um, they were told people after people that there was no room, no room, no room, and the kid, her d- her son had cerebral palsy, and she hadn't, she couldn't just end up on the streets. She needed a place that she could take care of her son. Um, Thankfully, she sat next to the pastor's friend, and he was able to connect them. And he's like, I honestly don't have a place for them, but I'm not going to turn them away and send them back over to Ukraine during the war. And so these are the things that they're facing regularly. Um, And so one of the hopes was um, to keep the families and to give them a place to settle in until everything um, they're able to get back into regular life and so they didn't have the housing they were having families church families take everyone in and just this past couple of months they were finally able to um, purchase a building that's in the middle of town so the families the moms can get 
jobs, can get schools. It's not far away from the, the hub of everything. So, oh, do we have some of those pictures? Um, so this is Poland. This is Bidgosh, Poland. <laughs> uh, I didn't say, say that right. Bidgosh. It's, it's can you buy a vowel type of a thing. But it's beautiful. It is beautiful. So you can just continue with those slides, with those pictures. Um, that's just some of the team that's orchestrating the food and the food outreach. Um, for the you, you can just keep on going and I'll talk over them. Yeah. That's how they uh, make sure their fire hydrants don't explode in the middle of freezing winter with hay and saran wrap. Yeah. It's cold. That's Jared moving some things into, um, they turn one of their offices into a home, into a house for the refugees. Yeah. That's the pastor there on the right, Pastor Michal or Michael and his wife there. On the left. Oh, yeah. You're right there. <laughs> his name's Pastor Michal Vlidarczyk. Um, I don't, I always forget how to spell it, but that's how you say it. That's him and his wife again, and us, if you didn't recognize us. <laughs> okay, so oh. this picture is actually really cool. I know it's sideways, but this is a team, the lady there in the front, her and her family um, escaped Ukraine, but her, obviously her sons and her husbands had to stay and fight for the war, and she was smuggling in supplies um, for hospital supplies, food, and that was us packing the packing the vehicles in the middle of the night to get them across the border. It looks like daylight. It's not. That's just good lighting. No. Yeah. It was pitch black outside about midnight. We loaded up the trucks so they could get across the border. Yeah. Um, so that's us packing up the food. So a lot of donations came in from Germany, a lot of the um, medical supplies and things like that. And then also the Ukrainian families, they supply meals every day and, and housing um, and, and other supplies. That's it. So yeah, we just wanted to give you a little um, brief of what we were doing over there and then have some exciting things to tie into that. Yeah, so thank you, honey. Got to get her to speak more. Uh, so part of uh, us sharing that with you today, so that's not the only thing we got going on. The truth is, for those of you who don't know us, um, we're building a church currently in India that is uh, the top floor is a church where the church will meet and the bottom floor is actually housing for street orphans so they have a place to sleep and a hot meal. It's not an orphanage, but it's, it'll function in realms like that. We've got the well dug, the, the bricks delivered. We're working on um, continuing to go that way. But this trip to Poland um, was an amazing reality check. You know, I, I was in the military for six years, and it's just a reminder of the depravity of the sin nature of man. And uh, I'm not going to point fingers at who's wrong and who's right and who's this and who's that. What I am saying is that in the midst of war, no matter who war it is, it's generally the common people that are hurt the most. And there's a reality where we've had an opportunity when we got there, you know, we're thinking we're going to be packing boxes every day, taking food across. The, the pastor looked dead at me and he said, I need you to be with me. I'm meeting with government officials, uh, businessmen, uh, trying to find a building to turn into long-term housing. 
And the truth was that every day people were coming and knocking on the door like Charlene said, we need a place to stay, got a place to stay. And they projected when we were there, this two weeks after the war, they projected that 1.2 million had already crossed, 2.5 million would cross into Poland. And they expect at least half of that to stay. Now the lady that Charlene's talking about that was in the bunker with her child, when she left Ukraine on her way out, they went by where her apartment building was. You understand what I'm saying? It was there. It's not anymore. So she literally has nothing to go back to. That's it. And so when pastor asked me to go with them to do things like that, uh, to meet with these guys, I don't speak Polish. I'm working on it slowly but surely. I'm learning little bit by little bit. Thank you, uh, phone apps these days. You can learn some stuff. And, uh, but they're amazing people. They got, you know, the, the picture Charlene showed where I was carrying out a, I don't know, dresser thing was because instead of using their church offices, they were emptying them out so they, couldn't turn, so they wouldn't have to turn people away. So they're effectively putting people in, in, in an office or, you know, in the classrooms downstairs just to give them the shelter over their head. And we just kind of felt that these are people we wanted to partner with long term. So two good things. One, for those of you who did donate to us, we were able to provide them with a substantial amount of funds, about $6,000 I think we gave them before we even left Poland, um, and believe them for more. And then they were able to finally get the building, which took longer than we thought, but who knows, ter- buying any building is hard. Now, now, what's great is that churches and the Polish government don't work together, from what we found out. They just don't, right? And um, in this instance, the, the, the city officials were like, you're already doing stuff. How can we help? So they were giving them buildings. Hey, would this work? Would this work? Obviously at a cost, and it doesn't make sense to have them way out in town where there's no access to what people need. Um, so they were able to just recently find the building, like Charlene said. So I'm here, and this is my one ploy before I uh, begin the word, um, to ask if anyone is interested in coming with me. You'd be with me. Charlene's going to stay. So we've got so much going on this year, actually, already coming up. Um, it's hard to keep it straight. But I'm going to be taking a small team to Poland to help remodel this building. They need help with electrics, plumbing, painting, just walls, basic stuff, okay? So I'm here asking you, if you're interested, um, please see me afterwards, uh, get my number, I'll exchange information with you. We don't have an exact date on when we're leaving yet, uh, but we're planning on going at least between February and April. Right now we're trying to get it more and more narrowed down based on our schedule and based on what's going to work with them. Um, and you can, what was the, just for your head, it's going to be give or take around 1500 bucks, but that includes hotel, uh, um, flight, food, and main meals and all that stuff. So um, if we can get the cost down, we're going to. That's just a rough estimation on short notice to try and give you an idea. Now, on the flip side of that, I've worked just like you guys, a normal job for many years of my life. And this is, a, this is actually somewhat of a lead-in to this message today. So before I go there, Lord, I just thank you for this morning. 
I thank you that we can be with you, that we can join with you, that, uh, uh, that we can come before you empty. And Father, I thank you that we can come before you and receive from you all that you have for us. Because as we sing today, we get to worship you now. And what a privilege and honor that is. God, we get to serve you now. And what a privilege and honor that is. And Father, I pray that you be my words now. I ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. I've got a word for you today, but what I was going to say on the back end of that, some of you were, I, I, I felt it driving down, so I'm just going to be obedient to God. I can't speak on what I'm speaking on today and not do what I feel led to do today. And that's that some of you probably have felt already this morning a tug to go or, or, or kind of a, a, a nudge of the Holy Ghost, but immediately work comes in and I don't have enough vacation and all this stuff. Look, take it from me. You have not because you ask not. Just ask. The worst they're going to say is no, which just confirms the answer you thought you were going to get anyway. Or step out in faith and ask them. You never know what your bosses may do. You know, you never, you never know what work is willing to do. Heck, they may send you and pay for you. You never know in today's age. You know, we think that, oh, that's my secular life. This is my church life. No, the two should be one, first off. Those should never be separate. And the fact is, if you have a leading of the Holy Ghost, you should obey that over your boss any day of the week, but take that for what it's worth. I'm not telling you to. We're looking at how long of a trip Josh was asking. We're looking at a, a, a week to 10 days, possibly more. If you're a crazy nutter like me and you want to go for longer, I can probably help arrange that. I'll probably possibly leave before you, but the pastor and his team over there, they're amazing people. Uh, he speaks pretty good English. Um, he's getting better all the time. And uh, so that's, that's roughly about a week, 10 days, I'm thinking, probably about 10 days as I'm looking at. Um, seven would probably, yes, seven would be the least. You, I mean, if you can only come three days, I'll take you three days. If you can come a day, I'll take you a day. I'm going to work you to the bone. <laughs> For a day, I'll work you to the bone. And then we'll preach the gospel to each other and love each other and do what you do. But I wanted to tell you about asking your boss for this reason. Is because the scripture God gave me for this morning is, is simple. It's, the main scripture is just Habakkuk 2.4. Some of you could probably quote it. Behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. Now, when we feel a nudge from God, when we feel a leading of the Holy Ghost to go somewhere, our portion should be to just do it. You know, I've said it a thousand times here, and you'll hear me probably say it a thousand more if I'm invited back a thousand times. Obey God first. The questions are always going to come. The just shall live by faith. Not faith in your understanding of what He's asking you to do or where He's telling you to go, but the just shall live by faith. That means my ability to have any impact on this world. It is not my vote. It is not being a good person. It is living by faith for the One who gave me life and set me free. 
That's our portion in Him, is to, to live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Now, that's not just just in the eyes of the world. Quite frankly, it's often unjust in the eyes of the world. It's just to the Father who's justified. You, you are justified in Christ. You're not justified by your work. You're not justified by what you own. You're not justified by how good a person you are. Because at some point, you're going to fail. You're justified by Christ, which it means my portion to stay justified in Him is to live for Him and to walk by faith. The just shall live by faith. We know the scripture, you shall walk by faith, not by sight. That means I need to do what He says to do regardless of what I want to do. Now sometimes they line up and that's a pretty good day. I always enjoy those days, they're quite fun. I get a dance, sing, do something crazy, I don't know. Maybe, who knows? Sometimes they line up. I remember one time, I just, it brought, I, I was thinking about the Dream Center this morning. If you can't see my shoes, I got basketball shoes on. And I have basketball shoes on, not to be cool, but because they're, they kind of go with my shirt. And quite frankly, they can get wet and I don't mind it. Um, but the last time I wore these, I blew my ankle out, something fierce. But that was playing at a basketball league at the Dream Center. But I was thinking about this word, living by faith and doing what he says to do, not what we feel like doing, but sometimes they line up. Now, this one day I was going into, I taught Bible class to these guys in the, in the discipleship program at the Dream Center, which if you don't know what that is, it was just a one-year free drug and alcohol rehabilitation clinic. If you have questions about that, they take anyone, let me know and I'll get you there. Or I'll get your friend there or your son there or your daughter there or your grandparent there or your parent there. But the whole point was that I was going into class and I was really excited because I had a structured kind of set of stuff I had to talk about, right? They, get, they had a, a Bible reading for the week. Now, this was on average 10 to 20 chapters of the Bible per week. So I had one hour to teach 40 men, had two classes back to back, boom, boom. I had, so, well, about 100 men. So I had one hour to teach two classes of about 40 to 50 men, uh, uh, 10 chapters of the Bible, I can't even teach myself 10 chapters of the Bible in one hour. So I'm like, Lord, I need you. I literally lived in a place where I was on the edge, where if I operated in me, it was done. Because if I thought I could do an addict any earthly good, by the way, an addict just isn't someone who uses drugs. People are addicted to all sorts of mess. Phones, Instagram, Facebook, your cars, you get addicted to doing what you think is the best thing for you to do. And when it comes to doing what God wants, you put that above what he said. What's the difference between that and someone who puts a needle in their arm? They chose that over what they probably knew is to be not to do. There's no difference. Makes it a whole lot easier to look at everyone else in the world with the same eyes that Jesus looked at you and me. With the eyes of love and understanding and grace. Not condoning sin, but loving the person, loving their eternal identity. I'm not going to go there. That's a whole different world. What am I doing? Here we go. I have more scriptures for you. But you see what I'm saying? I went into this class. That's where I was going. I look over at you. Sometimes I get confused. <laughs> so, much, so much glory in this area of the room. It's just, whoo. 
I, you got to have fun if you minister the gospel. Just so you know, if you go to Poland with me, I, we're going to have fun. We're going to work hard. We're going to have fun. We're probably going to laugh, maybe cry. Who knows? That's all right. I'll, I'll send your blanket. I'll have your mom send your blanket with you. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. That's terrible. Stop it. All right. But I'm teaching this class, and, and, and what I want to do in this scripture reading that I was given, in there was the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I'm like, yes! I get to speak about something I love doing. And at the end of class, I got to baptize like 15 guys in the Holy Ghost and the power of God. And while that's absolutely amazing, what I'm talking about is when you walk by faith and what you want lines up with what He wants, it's a whole different ballgame. We've got to let go of what we think we want, lay a hold of what He wants, and the more we do it, the more excited we get to do what He said to do. How many of you feel like you could use an injection of faith this morning? None of you. Some of you. Okay, we got three hands. So for all the rest of you, if you're sick, be healed right now in Jesus' name. I'm sick of this sickness stuff. I ain't got time to be sick. So I haven't been sick. I'm going to lay hands on all of you if I got to. But we're going to get rid of this sickness junk. I know, Josh, I, I understand what you're saying. And I'm with you. But enough's enough. You guys got work to do. Not at your homes for the kingdom. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Mm. I'm going somewhere, I promise you. Luke 17, verse 5 through 10. This is why I asked if you feel you need an injection of faith. And if you didn't, let me know your secret because I always need more. I always need more of him. I always need more of the ability to know I did everything he wanted me to do that day. And wake up the next day and know I've done everything that he wanted me to do that day. And I'm not talking just doing. I'm talking about saying everything, hearing everything, watching my eyes, taking every thought captive. I need faith for that. I need faith to pray in the Spirit. I need faith to sing and to dance and to lose my dignity for the glory of God. Because if we're not willing to do that, what are we doing? We've got to be willing to become undignified. David became undignified. Not for the sake of the indignity, but for the sake to follow after God with everything he had. And I promise you, the more you do that, it will cost you your dignity from time to time. And you'll say stuff and be like, wow, I'm that guy now. I heard people say that when I was younger in this house. I heard ministers stand up here, Rich and Josh and, and, and Vaughn and, and Gary and, and Don and all these men that would stay up and say stuff. And I'm like, I mean, I agreed. But I'm like, yeah, but you're, you're like there. Listen to what they're saying. This had nothing to do with what I wanted to say. Not because they have everything figured out. Paul said, imitate me. Imitate the people that are living it, walking it, breathing it. And guess what? You're going to find yourself saying, hearing, and walk in the same way. Not because you look like them, because they actually look more like Jesus than you'll ever realize. It's powerful, this God stuff. Faith is an activating tool that allows us 
to join with what God has already done and bring heaven to earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we walk by faith, not by sight, it's like joining. It's like marrying the two together so that His purposes flow through you no matter where you're at. And guess what? It then makes you want to do it again. So if you're going to be an addict, be an addict for Jesus. Be addicted to the love of God. Be addicted to increasing faith. Be addicted to wanting to do what He's called us to do. To walk by faith, not by sight. To close your eyes and just do it and stop asking questions. I'm really fired up. I don't know why. Except for the the love of God and the faith that I see a deficit in people's lives. And there's, oh, woe is me. But I won't agree with God. That just doesn't make sense. Lord, I love you. I praise you. I sing to you. Oh, woe is me. Why aren't you moving in my life? You want more faith? Do what he says. I'm going to read about it. It's going to kind of confuse you a little bit, but the end is going to make a whole lot of sense. Luke 17, verse 5. And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. So these are the disciples went to Jesus said, increase our faith. That's not even really a question. That's kind of a command. Now that's a bold statement. Some of you need to be bold. You need to go before the throne room of grace with boldness now. Not tomorrow. Not when you're feeling bold. Now. He will answer you. He hears you. He loves you. He created you to talk to Him. Just do it. I got Nikes on. Just do it. That's funny. Funny to me. And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. So the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. And which of you, having a servant plowing or tending sheep, will say to him when he has come in from the field, come at once and sit down and eat? No. But he will rather say to him, prepare something for my supper. So thanks for coming off the field, now make my dinner. Okay? Okay. And gird yourself and serve me till I've eaten and drunk, and afterwards you will eat and drink. Does he think? Sorry, honey. Does he thank? Think? No, thank. Like, thank you. Did I say it right? She really corrects my grammar because some of my words mixed together. I had to check because I, I said it, and then I was like, oh, my goodness. Sorry. I'll go somewhere. Does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I thank not. Now, if you think that's harsh, take it up with Jesus because my words are in red letters right here. Does he thank you? Did I expect God Almighty himself to come down when we do what he says to do and thank me? Some of us actually live that way. Some of us actually think, well, God should be thanking me for what I've done. I've at least done this when the truth is he's asked you to do that. And we expect him to show up and bless us and thank us. Because you saved the world for the salvation of many? Because, the, because we're so great and high and mighty? Thank me for what I, Thank me, Poland, for helping you 
house refugees. No, I'm just doing what God said to do. I have no clue sometimes how it's going to work or why it's going to work, but I know that He wouldn't lead me into a dark alley. He'll lead me from glory to glory and strength to strength. Let's finish this verse. So likewise you, when you have done all the things, not some. This is a powerful reality. It's a very humbling reality. For me, I was on my knees during worship. Two reasons. One, because I know I haven't done everything right. But two, if you never come up here during worship, you've got to do it at least once. As we're worshiping God. You know, I got the worship team right in front of me. I, st- I like standing up at the front. One, I don't have to see any of you. <laughs> no offense. No, come on. Some of you guys get worshiping God and then you look over at your neighbor and you're completely out. I don't have to look at you up here. I don't look at them and they're all going for the glory of God so I might as well join along with them anyway. They're as nuts as I am. But if you've never been up here, you've got to come up here. You know what I heard up here? Even though I had the speakers and everything right in front of my face, I heard the children singing at the top of their lungs. You want to know the other reason I hit my knees? Because God said, unless you become as one of these, you shall not, not may not, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. My only position as a grown adult to be like a kid is on my knees because I'm six foot four. And God spoke to me in that moment. He said the church has forgotten how to become a kid and get on their knees and humble themselves so that I can lead them the way they need led in this day and age. And it broke me. Because I'm going to take a team to Poland. With or without you, I'm going. I prefer with you. We'll have more fun. But I'll go by myself if I have to. Because I want to walk by faith, not by sight. I don't know who it's going to affect. I don't know who's going to live there. I don't know the lives that it's going to bless. But someone's going to be blessed by it. Someone's going to have a home that thought they were homeless. And that's a powerful reality. Because they're attached to a church. They're attached to someone that I know just in the few, well, we were there for about a month. In the three, four weeks we were there that I know that regardless of perfection or not perfection, that the the pastor you saw the picture of, Pastor McCall, loves Jesus and he'll give it to him. I may not speak fluent Polish, but he does. I might not speak fluent Ukrainian, but they got a team that does. And they'll impact those people for the glory of the gospel. And that's what it's about. I don't care if I got to clean a toilet, swing a hammer, fill a tub with water. Do you think a missionary just spawned itself in me one day? In in effect, yes, because God said go and I dropped everything and we left. But it started by cleaning the floors in this church. Vacuuming these very, well, maybe you've changed the carpet since then, I hope so. I still remember the first time that Josh called me because I lived in the, the trailer park right over there on the corner. And I said, hey, man, can, do you think you can run in and early this morning and fill the baptismal? We're doing baptisms today. 
I just served God. Now I'm serving God all over the world. And some of you aren't going to do what we do. I don't expect you to. If we all did that, well, that would be amazing. But at the same time, I'm also not here 24 hours a day witnessing the gospel to my local community in New Kingston, in Lake Katrine, Saugerties, which is absolutely critical and amazing. Just do it with the same love for people, which I know you have in this house. So sometimes I come here and I feel like I'm speaking to the choir. But the truth is, faith is faith, and we all need an injection of faith all the time. Let me finish. It says, so likewise you, when you have done all things that I have commanded you, say, we are unprofitable servants, we have done what was our duty to do. Remember I said sometimes we're expecting God to bless us and thank us for what we've done for him? He'd call that your duty. Now, I'm going to switch gears slightly because me as well, some of you, I know Norm from where you're from, and you're American now, buddy. Hey, before I forget, I brought something for you today. Critters don't need litter. (laughs) We saw this, so happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. We saw that in Lexington, New York, while I was doing chimney work with uh, Charlene's dad, and there's a place we stop at. God's funny. So the guy who owns it is a British man who started a place in Lexington. It's like a market, and they got uh, some other stuff there. It's like they feed you soup if you want soup, and that's about it. But we saw that there, and I thought of you, so I want you to have that. Merry Christmas. Off I go. Anyway, back to the word. I just saw it sitting here. I couldn't, I just thought it was good timing. Sometimes I get too serious. I got to laugh. Wow, I got to pardon myself for a minute. Can you mute me real fast? We're good. I'm excited. It's our duty. It's our duty to do what God commanded us. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. This is how I know you love me. I can't go give Jesus a hug. Now, in the Spirit, I can, actually. I have, actually. met with Him multiple times in the same spot all the time. I'm always about eight years old, hanging upside down in a tree. That's a story for another day. If you want it, come to Poland. Anyway, so... But I can't, like right now, I could, I could hug my wife. I could hug Josh. I gave him a hug earlier. You know, I can, I can physically wrap my arms around him and hug him. But I, I can't really do that with Jesus. I can't do that with God the Father. But I've got to portray love to God the Father. I've got to portray love to Jesus. And one of the ways, not the only way, but one of the ways in the natural that we portray love or a, a type of love is to hug somebody. Now, if I hug you, I'm going to hug you. Because I love people. But this reality is that we're called to love Jesus, love God the Father. Our only ability, keep in mind, everything that I'm talking about, it all hinges on faith. 
But I need to hug him. I need to show him I love him. And my only way of doing that is to do what he said to do. He says, this is how I know you love me. Why? Because when we do what he asks us to do, irregardless of this, irregardless of our position, irregardless of our stature, irregardless of who's following us on Facebook, irregardless of what my boss thinks, irregardless of what my kids think, irregardless of what my parents think, when I do what He's called me to do, regardless of that, now I've shown Him I loved Him. I've shown Him that what He said is more important than what I think. I've shown Him that what He says is more important than the opinions of man. I've shown Him that what He says, this is really messing me up, is more important than my life. Greater love, if you follow what he said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. It goes on to say, greater love has no one than this, than to lay one's life down for his friend. You are my friend if you do as I've commanded you. He didn't say you are my friend when you act like a good person but never proclaim my name. He said you are my friend if you, let's just, let's just go to some of the things he said to do. Some of the things that he's called us to do, but he's called you to do. Because last I checked, the Bible doesn't say this scripture is for Jared Dorsch. However cool that would be. I mean, come on, could you imagine like you're reading the Psalms and you're like, and then the Lord said, Jared Dorsch, stand up and go minister the gospel to all the nations. What? Be like, they... they they made it for me. No, he made it for you and for me. Because he died for you and for me. He paid for you and for me. He thought of you before the foundations of the earth, just like he thought of me. Uh, he thought of all of us to do his will. That's how we reflect our love back to him. And in doing so, he pours his love out through us to the world. Can't do it by your natural understanding and your natural abilities or any other way but by faith. It's only by faith. Jesus said, look, for those of you who are considering Paul, let me, let me, this is a heart stringer. It's a real thing, but it's not a ploy to get you. This is part of what we're called to do. Right? So I'm just reading what he said to do. And he said, if you love me, you'll do as I've commanded you. Now, it doesn't mean we're going to do everything under the sun and exhaust ourselves to every extent or does it? He said, when you do all that I've commanded you, I want more faith. I don't know about you. I want to be bold. I want to see people healed. I want to see the dead raised. I want to see salvations. I want to see people baptized in the Holy Ghost. I want to see families restored. I want to see wars ended. I want to see people set on fire for the glory of God. I want to see the gospel of Jesus Christ spread to every tribe and tongue. I can't do it if I lack faith. I need more faith. And that's coming from a man standing in front of you who goes to the nations and ministers the gospel. I need more. I need more. Maybe you're like me. Maybe you're not. If you figured it out, please tell me afterwards. But let's look at a couple of the things that he said. James 1, I'm almost done, I think, yeah. James 1, verse 22, therefore, now let's just go to 22. That's, I said 122. I forgot my readers today. It's obvious. I was looking at 21. 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, 
comma, finish it, Rich, deceiving yourselves. Much better. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving who? Not the world around you, you. Do you know that when we read God's word and we look at it and it says, just do this, some of it's just plain black and white. Like, let's go to Matthew 28. I'll mark that because I may go back there. I, I mean, I can just quote it. Some of you can quote it. Most of you can quote it. If you've heard me preach here, I quote it almost every time. Why? Because the gospel doesn't change because you get older or because you somehow get sick or anything else. It doesn't change because I went to a different country and came back. The gospel of Christ Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Holy Spirit is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, which means his word doesn't end. Verse 18, chapter 20, and Jesus spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Do you understand that? That means all authority in the heavenly realm, on the earthly realm, and under the earth. All authority has already, not someday in the future when he comes again, has already been given to Jesus. That means the power of Christ that is within me has all authority on this earth, in the heavenlies, and under the earth. I can't access it here. I have to access it by faith. And by faith, we will receive the promises. By faith, Abraham went and received the promises of God. By faith, David took a sling and slung it at Goliath. By faith, by faith, Paul traveled and preached the gospel. By faith, the apostles went and all costed them their life. By faith. By faith, this is what our portion is, your portion is, and the body of Christ's portion is. I don't care what your excuse is, what your complaint is, this is the facts. Go therefore. I could stop there. How many of you have gone? And I'm not talking to Paul. I'm, not, I'm talking how many of you have left your position of the world's about me and left it and went there for? Gone out somewhere. Gone to somebody. Invited somebody in. And then what do we do with them? And make disciples of all nations. You can't, you can't, don't make a disciple of you. Make a disciple of Jesus Christ. Now they'll follow you. Imitate me as I imitate Him. That's what Paul said. But we've got to make disciples. And a disciple can't be discipled unless they operate in faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. So go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When's the last time you laid hands on someone? Baptize them. Thank you. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. I'm going to leave you with this one thought. And then I'm going to call all you sick folk up and we're going to lay hands on you because I'm tired of it. And I'm going to pray for you. And anyone who has the faith for people to get healed today, you're going to come pray with me because I only got two hands. I've got to read this to you. You know, I was at Washington, D.C. 
just this last weekend to see my sister and her, and her husband. Now, for all of you who are worried about our country, I, can I just be honest with you? His commander, who's one rank short of a general, who reports directly to people I can't even name at the moment, is a sold-out believer. And in this church, I saw the man who flies the Air Force One helicopter because he's a sold-out believer. So I'm not saying don't lose faith, but I'm saying stop worrying about the stuff that you can't control anyway and trust God that His purposes will be revealed at the right time, but we've got to enter into it by faith. And this is the last thought I want to leave you with. This preacher, their pastor, didn't say anything. I was, felt like a bad person sitting in the seat. Some of you probably do it to me. That's fine. But he's talking to God while he's preaching. Where else do you talk to God? If you can't talk to him at church or anywhere else, we've got troubles. We've got faith. is a whole different ballgame then. But this is what I heard from the Lord. It says, The Word isn't a suggestion from Jesus but an order from God. Now, I was in the military. And in the military, if you didn't follow, if you did not follow orders, there was two outcomes. Discipline or prison. Now, no chastening seems fun in the moment, but yields a peaceable fruit of Righteousness. Remember Habakkuk 2.4. And the just, the righteous, shall live by faith. It produces in us a willingness to obey. If you do as I've commanded you, Jesus said. Now sometimes I feel blessed by God and, and like I got a, a, a fair like input to the beginning is because I was in the military, so I know what it's like to obey an order even if you don't feel like it. But that's our portion. Doesn't the Bible say we're in God's army? We're His military. So if He says do it, then just do it. Just do it. And rise up in faith. And let your spirit man be encouraged. And let your life be encouraged. And rise up in faith. So stand with me right now. Now who believes... That God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. I do. He wrote it down, so I just agree with it. Now, who believes that God can impart anything He wants to you? Whenever He wants to you. So if you have faith for healing, come up here right now.